and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, welcome back. It's been a long week, but I'm glad we... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We, we need to make sure there's not a continuity error yeah, at yeah. all. There we go. This is, we, this is clearly the following week. In fact, you know what's even worse about <laughs> Actually, this? Actually, it's is, the previous week. <laughs> this is the... Yes, it is the previous week. And this is also the fourth... Of five weeks in a row that I'm wearing tie-dye, apparently. <laughs> I just realized right now. No, so those of you just tuning in, uh, the, what we just did is uh, we just filmed the episode that's coming up next week. We're doing it a little out of order. And that's because for a top eight debate, we always want people on the Board Game Revolution group to be able to vote for some of their favorites of yeah. uh, whatever topic that we choose. So we just gave it a little bit of time for them to vote. And uh, we'll be getting into our top eight debates shortly. And so, the, uh, just to make mention, he did say that, that we're going to get into a Top 8 debate shortly. This one is grid coverage games. This is an interesting topic for the first Top 8 debate in 2022. Yeah. So, everybody who's listening to this, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, absolutely. And so, I stumbled upon this. I didn't realize that this was a mechanism until I was looking at one game and it referred it to this. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on, what is this? And I looked at it and I realized we've played enough games that, that worked for it. Just barely. Yeah, just barely. And uh, let's go ahead and read what what Board Game Geek defines as grid coverage. And Board Game Geek defines it as a family of mechanism in which players cover a grid or fill a space using a variety of shapes, such as components, uh, such as components, polynomials. Sometimes called a Tetris mechanism, this challenges players to use a shape efficiently. It could be either by the primary point of the game, as in Ubongo, or as a secondary mechanism to force players to plan and restrict their options, as in Prince of Florence. Games that use a single piece type to construct or enclose areas off uh, areas of control, especially when in competition over common spaces, are utilizing enclosure. No. And then, just making mention that um, if you go to the poll, you can get a link of what games are in this list. Mm -hmm. um, there is a link there. Also, on the audio and video side on YouTube and the audio podcast side, I will also leave a link to the B BGG page there. Awesome. And so, of course, we also welcome people to add in their own. We'll talk about some of our honorable mentions here in a bit. But specifically, the top eight that we chose today were chosen because Daniel and I have both played these games. And so some of them might not be the your favorite or the highest ranked on BoardGameGeek, but we picked the top eight that are rated that him and I have both played, just so we can give a good argument for either one. And uh, and that way we're not trying to argue against something that we just don't know. We don't want to talk out of our ears yeah. and uh, make stuff up because we just don't know enough about them. So... Uh, with that being said, though... I do have a quick question for you, though. Yes. Speaking of the holidays just passing, and we said, you know, Happy New Year, did you get any board games for Christmas? I did. Well, I got one game for <laughs> Christmas, and that was Rip Off, which you'll be hearing about next next we, episode. Yeah. And I also received 15 more games that were purchased by myself, and it was <laughs> a, very a very friendly gift from me <laughs> that I quite enjoyed. Um, and then of course I got a couple other games in the mail that I had been waiting on. Yeah. But yeah, mo mostly it, it's games that I just bought myself. Um, I tried to stick to ones that I knew I definitely wanted. I, very few of them went on my shelf of shame though. Like for yeah, example, cool. uh, Picture Perfect, that's one that I had not played before, but I knew it was really intriguing. I bought that one. I'm excited to play that. But like I bought Aquatica. And because ever since our mutual friend showed me that, I fell in love with that game. And I can't, I've only played it once before and not my own copy. So I did that. Um, and quite a few others that I ended up buying uh, the new um, 
uh, the crew mission deep sea yep i got that one but that's I, pretty much the crew space game you right so, yeah right and sequels i don't put on my shelf of shame just because they're mostly the same game unless yeah. it's like drastically different yeah exactly um yeah so i i bought quite a few i could go over them here in a bit did you get any good games while i pull that up uh yeah the ones that you were just digging at uh trails and parks i got for christmas we had just recently talked about them too and you were like yeah you can have both if you don't, if you have one or the other, you can choose, but you can, they play slightly different as both. And so my wife got them for me for Christmas, both parks and trails. A funny story about trails though. She thought it was actually an expansion to parks. And so she grabbed it and she's like, okay, well, he'll have this and he'll have the expansion. Cause there was right. a couple expansions for parks at the same place. And um, she's like, so did I do good? This is the expansion, right? I'm like, no, this is its own game. Yeah. It's in the same line as Parks, but it's its own game. Right. And she's like, oh, I didn't get you the expansion? I'm like, no, this is great. I could have both yeah. of these games, and yeah. I've heard they're really good, so and I'm looking forward to it. They're both good enough where you could have each different game. Like, it's if you have – I mean, technically, it's supposed to be, like, Trails is the mini version of Parks. Yeah. That's like saying uh, – Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition is the mini version of Terraforming Mars. Mars. No, they're no. different games. Um, they happen to be set in the same, same concept, yeah. and they do some similar things, but really they're different games. Yeah, so I wasn't disappointed. She's like, oh, I did it again, because the joke is, I asked for Dune Imperium right. uh, for Christmas, I think it was 20, yeah, it was 2020 last year, mm-hmm. uh, or 2020, because it's 2022 when this uh, shows up for everybody. Yeah. And she got me regular Dune, as you can see on my shelf of shame, right up there. Yeah. <laughs> so, Which I'm sure you're going to enjoy. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Then she's like, oh, okay, well, just go ahead and buy yourself Dune Imperium since I got you the wrong one. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. I love getting board games for Christmas or my birthday. That's just what I right. like to do. And so I'm not disappointed on that. And she's like, well, I just was hoping to get you the expansion for it. And I'm like, well, it's good. I got two base games. And to see if I really, really enjoy them, I can get the expansions for them later on. Exactly. So, no, it works for me. Uh, I got that. And I also got some card packs for uh, Marvel Champions. So Yeah, which oh. happened to be within reach of me. Yeah. He's showing off the Vidin- Venom, uh, Venom pack. Yep. And, you also and then I have the Green here. Goblin scenarios. And the one thing I did want to mention was something I was surprised about. Is what you noticed when you first yes. walked into this room. Yes. A friend of mine gave me Quest Calendars, um, which is a everyday RPG game that I can play whenever I pull it off uh, the daily stuff. And it even comes with a little pack of dice. Uh, I have my character already chosen, even though you're not supposed to have the character chosen before you start, it says... But we had a choice. My wife actually got a copy. She's the necromancer. I decided mm-hmm. to go with the artificer. Um, our mutual friend. I don't know which one she went with. I think she was either going to be the feline monk or the um, half human or half elf uh, pirate. So, but it's a game that I can play every day of the week, 365 days out of the right. year, because it's a, it's for the year of 2020. I think it's just amazing. Yeah. So the ones I, I got. We spoke uh, Clank Legacy, okay. Which I, you know, that's perfect for my Legacy group. That yeah. That since we just finished up Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, Pendulum, Picture Perfect, Aquatica, um, New York Zoo, which was the only one I bought not knowing much about. Uh, but I know it's an Uwe Rosenberg. It's a Polyomino. Yeah. And it's a bigger game. And it's from Capstone. So there's it, there's a good odds. It's actually got a nice cover for a Capstone game. Yeah, yeah. It's it's quite pretty. Um, Ticket to Ride Track Switcher, which is like a one player puzzle game. Okay, um, yeah, I got yeah, that yeah. one. That one's cool. I heard uh, about that. Micro Macro Full House, the sequel to Micro Ooh, Macro. Nice. Yep. Um, King Domino Origins, 
which a mutual friend of ours, Dom, taught me how to play. That is the the one that it's the from like the prehistoric, right? The prehistoric version of King, of Domino. King Domino. Yeah, it does a lot of really neat things. the The volcanoes are super fun. Um, Cantaloupe, which I talked about in next week's episode. <laughs> Cantaloupe, weird, right? Cantaloupe. 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 Um, Cantaloupe. Cantaloupe. Yeah, Got Cantaloupe. it. Uh, Red Cathedral, which I played, and I love that game. Pinball, a super skill pinball, the ramp it up. I do have to say, though, Red Cathedral, it's a nice cover, but it's a dated cover for something that's supposed to be new. <laughs> We've got it. Yeah, we had this whole discussion prior to this. Land versus Sea. Um, Ankhor. Uh, which is kind of like a Splendor variant. Oh, okay, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Crew Mission Deep Sea and Cockroach Poker. So those were my self-bought Christmas gifts. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I th- those are some good games. I, like I said, I was just surprised that I got both Parks in Trails. Yeah, I, I will gladly show you how to play Trails or Parks one of these days. Uh, we wouldn't have time for Parks today, but no, 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 Trails we would be fantastic. Yeah, I don't know how much time we have because we got to get this done because you we'll have do to go do uh, fatherly duties. Yeah, absolutely. The usual. <laughs> the usual. Yeah, but that's fine. Um, so this week, like we said, uh, our top eight debate is going to be grid coverage. And grid coverage, you know, you use pieces to cover parts of the grid, whether it be one tile, two tiles, polyominoes, whatever it is. Um, there's quite a few that are examples of that. But let's talk about our honorable mentions. Should we talk about the people's honorable mentions first? Uh, let's give them some more time. I know normally we talk about theirs first, but... Yeah, okay. Do we want to give them a little more time? Sure. Okay, so... Let's go into it. Uh, my number three honorable mention is Clip Cut Parks. And what this game is, it comes with a grid of different like uh, terrain types. And you're, giving, you're given a card. This is not on this list, but I very much think it should be. Because you then roll a die and that will tell you how many cuts and what length those cuts are going to be onto your paper. And so you're cutting out different shapes that should go onto this uh, grid that you have. Um, and you're trying to complete these uh, different parks okay. by putting the correct ones. Cer- certain ones need certain kind of coverage on it. Certain ones need to be in certain shapes or have certain colors on it. <coughs> it's really creative. Yeah. Like, and I, I, the first player marker is a pair of scissors, which I think is humorous. You know, that cracks me up uh, that you're passing around scissors. Actually, no, I'm sorry. In that one, every player has their own pair of scissors. And it's a very inexpensive game. It's not not very expensive. It has good components in it. Um, you're cutting apart basically sheets of paper. Nothing more higher quality than you would have in like a roll and write. Um, but yeah, overall, I just think it's a really fun game. And I can't wait to see the sequel eventually at some point. All right. So for my number three, I just literally had to jump onto the thing again because I couldn't find one. So I'm going to talk about one I haven't played before. And there's going to be two on this list for that reason. Uh, but this one I really, really want to dig into. And that was Feast for Odin. Oh, yes. I really want to try this one. I have liked a lot of Juve Rosenberg games. Mm-hmm. Um, this one just it sings to me because I, I really like uh, Viking, Valhalla, that, that kind of stuff, the Norse mythology. And I've enjoyed some of his polynomial games. The one that's on our list we'll talk about a little later. But yeah, no, I really looked into it. looks like a, a mutual friend of ours has it, so I do want to see if we can get that to the table and try it out. Cool. All right. Number two. Go ahead, ladies. Oh, that's me. Yep. This is the second game on my list that I have not played, but this one I actually own. And this one is in the Mount, uh, Mountain King. What is it called? In the Hall of the Mountain King? In the Hall of the Mountain King, or Hall of the Mountain King is what it's called. And it looks good. I own it. I want to try it. It 
just not hasn't hit the table yet. It's one of the, my more recent buys that I picked up on like deal of the day from game nerds or something like that. But I do want to try it. I want to get to the table. This is probably another one that uh, next game night I'll probably try to get played. Cool. My number two is one that I have constantly been at your neck about trying to play this because I know you're going to love every minute of it. Uh, it's Castles of Tuscany. This is why uh, I didn't put this on the list because uh, it was going to be my actual number it, three, but yep. I'm like, he's probably got it on his. Yep. No, I definitely do because I think it's an awesome game. It's phenomenal. It's almost replaced Castles of Burgundy, which may or may not be appearing on our list later. <laughs> and I just think it's an awesome game. If you like Stefan Feld or if, even if you like Castles of Burgundy and want more of like a stripped down, streamlined version of it, it's a very different game. It's one of those ones where I'm okay having both. Okay. Um, but yeah, Castles of Tuscany is just awesome. Cool. I do want to try this. This is uh, something that I've been wanting to get played. Um, and finally, let's go to our number... Or That was your number one or number two? So yeah. my number two. So our number one... I'll start. Um, along the lines of Castles of Tuscany, this one uh, may or may not show up on our uh, top eight debate here. But this one for me is Cartographer Heroes. I find this game phenomenal. It I've said it before. This is my favorite flipping right out there. I love the aspect of this one. Um, the heroes exactly because they actually fight off the monsters that can give you negative points in the game. So mm-hmm. you can use the heroes in a great way. Also like the fact that the, some of the monsters will actually destroy land. So, hey, it, it's filled. It's technically filled, but... Now, you can't put anything to help with your scoring as well. So, it makes cartographers a little more gamery. So, if you want something that's just easy to play with non-gamers, I, cartographers, regular by itself, is fine. Cartographer Heroes, if you want that next step, is pretty good. And then, you know, I also got to mention, like, the map packs. They do their own little tricks. Like, you have to... There's one where you could build above or below a certain line, but if you build above, it has to be completely above ground, and if you build below, it's got to be completely below ground. Uh, There's ones that if you're building in a cave system, they have to be adjacent to something that's already been built, whereas in cartographers, you could build wherever you want, however you want, all over the map. Yeah. So I love the or the volcano. There's a volcano one where like if the volcano Volcanoes blows up, make games so much better. It starts destroying stuff that you've already built. So I yeah. just I really enjoy that aspect of it. So this one for me is Cartographer Heroes, my number one, plus the map packs. Very cool. All right, and my number one is a game by Matt Leacock, and this is kind of a remake of of. Uh... Roll through the ages, actually. It's uh, called Era the Medieval Age. Yeah, okay. And it has amazing components. A lot of the function is still the same, where you know you're rolling dice, gaining resources, but this one you're actually building 3D buildings onto your grid. Have like pegs in it. The buildings are really well made. There's only a limited supply, so when those are out, they're out. You know, you can't keep building them. Yeah. Um, you have to maintain also having all those buildings as well. They score in different ways. You want to have it walled in. There's just so much really cool things going on in it that I, I already liked Roll Through the Ages. So when I found out that this was like uh, like a 3D model version of that game yeah. that does a few different things, it's awesome. And also, I think this game has one of the prettiest covers I've ever seen. I think it's it's fantastic. Era of the Medieval Age, gorgeous, gorgeous cover. Cool. Speaking of gorgeous coverage, I'm just trying to get it re-updated on one of the games that right. we have to argue. Yep. It's been a while since we played it, so I had to learn it a little bit more. Yeah, that's not a problem. So, uh, let's talk about the honorable mentions from the viewers. I also forgot to mention that i got to build those, so go ahead and read them. Okay, sounds good. Let me so, uh, refresh this real quick for you. Yeah, no problem. 
Our first one that was added by Daniel clicking around sporadically was added by Tommy, and that's Isle of Cats. I'm emphasizing the way you say that because I don't like the way it implies <laughs> Isle, like islands, of cats. <laughs> Once again, Isle of Cats. Not, I do not love For that. those who are new to our podcast, you know... Uh, uh, the, uh, this Daniel over here has a deep-seated hatred for cats. I don't hate cats. I'm just okay if they were extinct. That's all. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to say it. I That won't hurt my feelings is all I'm saying. Yeah, it might hurt our viewers' feelings, though. Okay, well, that's fine. If you like cats, cool. You can have mine. I don't need it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but I just, I'm not a fan of them, whatever. And the fact that this game, the reason it's called Isle of Cats... Is because it's trying to make you say, I love cats, which I refuse to do. And that made me dislike the game even more when I found out about that. Now, full disclosure, I've never played that game. Tommy is probably onto something. I've heard it's really good. I've heard really good. I just wish that it wasn't about cats because it doesn't make sense. What game was it? I think it was Ankh that made you the first player yes. because you're the only one of a, that group that actually that owns a cat. owns a cat. Yes, because my wife owns a cat. Because it's like uh, the first player is who owns the most cats goes first, and yeah. you're the only one out of our group that owns a cat. Right. I can't have them because I'm allergic. Yep. I wish I were. <laughs> I tested specifically hoping that I was. <laughs> this way you don't excuse. have a cat? Yeah, so I could use that as an excuse. And then uh, Clint added Hall of the Mountain King, which is a little reference that you made earlier. And I think there's one comment. Yes, but that was one made by you. So that's all the honorable mentions by our really? viewers. Wow. That's right. Yeah, everything else was added by us. That was quick because I've got all that done. Yeah. Once again, Isle. You, so you cats. love cats, right? Nope. But the game's name is Isle, like Islands. Of cats. So you love cats? No. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> we're not going to... No, this is getting dumb. All right. So that's what is it? Awesome. What is it our podcast getting dumb? <laughs> that's true. I mean, just the whole... We did the cantaloupe, cantaloupe joke again. That's true. That's true. Um, not again. We did it for the for first, first time. time. <laughs> Next episode, we'll somehow do it again. And we know this. Because so, we can see the future. Let's talk about the eight that we added to the list that you and I have both played. All right. Um, sounds good. Our number one seed is a universal favorite amongst the Everyday Board Games podcast. It is people. And people. Castles of Burgundy by Stefan Feld. Uh, and that's going to be going up against the number eight seed, Rome, by Ryan Lockett. All right. And our number two seed, Anuve Rosenberg game, Patchwork. Going up against a Phil Walker Harding game, Silver and Gold. That's going to be tough. Number three seed cartographers by thunderworks games uh going up against the number six seed by aeg games tiny towns and our number four seed jamie stegmeyer somehow always gets on the (laughs) yep and they're going up against the number five seed of phil walker harding baron park and that one unfortunately i think is going to be a sad one because a lot of these have a lot of really good games and a lot of designers and publishers that we really really like enjoy yeah so this this makes sense that we enjoy this game oh yeah and it's a good thing that these are on the list because like i said this is kind of digging the barrel i barely can come up with uh what is it 11 games 
mm-hmm. and two of which I haven't played, so I've played a total of nine. That's right. So the way that we rank these is we're going to go through a series of rounds debating each of those seeds, and we're going to start, uh, we have five different criteria that we base it off of. And so we will each uh, get a one, one of the games chosen at random from us with the Cup of Doom, and one of us will de- be debating each side using the Coin of Doom. And we will debate for five different criteria as far as what we enjoy about the games and which ones potentially are better. The first of those criteria are ease of play. And this is talking about how easy are the mechanisms, how familiar are they, like is it easy to get to the table, mm-hmm. like either by the mechanism or the themes. And also, uh, as a detriment, which ones cause more analysis paralysis. Which slows the game down. Right, which is either like too many choices or too... Uh, strategic of a choice, too long term, mm-hmm. which could slow down the game and make it less fun for other players. Especially when you're playing with min-max players. Right, exactly. Alright, and the next one on our list here is replay value. This is the length of time and scaling well. Does a two-player game play as well as a four-player game? The minimum number of plays to get the full experience of this game, what we mean by is if you play chess, one and done, you know how to play it. Yep. Or if you're going to play like a campaign game, hey, you need to play at least 50 games for you to get the full experience of what's going on in this game. Because you got to open all these boxes. you got to mm-hmm. do this. Or just a legacy game. Pandemic Legacy uh, Season 1 is like you could play up minimum to... Minimum 12. Tw- yeah, minimum 12, 24. maximum 24. Yep. And so that tells you, hey, I could do 12 games or 24 games. What, how long is it going to be for you to do that camp- right. the thing? As well as the expandability of a game. It, does it already have existing expansions? We're allowing up to one possible future uh, expansion if we believe it's going to happen. Our big one here is Space Space. And it usually said Volume 1. We were, gonna, we were assuming there was a Volume 2. Hey, guess what? There is a Volume 2. They finally announced it after right. a few years. Or it has been confirmed by a designer or publisher. Our go-to, again, is Wingspan, because both Jamie Stegmeier and Alexa, uh, Alexa Elizabeth Hargrave has stated that they want to do an expansion for every continent. Yep. Our next category is Meaningful Choice, and this is specifically about the gameplay strategies. Yeah. Um, how well can you affect other players' strategies? How well can you plan for long-term strategy on your own benefit? And what what's the likelihood of you doing arbitrary choices like for example if if every option that i have available is a good option or all of them is a bad option well both of that just means i'm picking kind of randomly because Mm -hmm. it won't my my choices won't be meaningful at that point yeah so everything's the same quality you know i i might not have good choices or i might have too many good choices both of which impact the the meaningful choices the next one up here is game immersion. And what we mean by this is, does the game fit the category best or the theme matching the mechanism? In this case in point, we're asking is, does the theme match the mechanism? Mm-hmm. Does the grid coverage meet the theme of the game? Right. As well as player interactions. Uh, table talk is a good example of it. You maybe don't get as immersed if you're just talking trash to each other. But if you're role playing a character or heck, even I, I agree. Trash talking does count because it gets you into the game. If it's a push your luck game and you're egging your opponent on to push their luck, that's a great job as well as memorable moments. What is that stand up moment that makes everything stop for you and you to shout out and scream? Yes, I did it. And allow the the whole room to stare at you like, what what is going on over right. there? Yep. And then our final cr- criteria 
is art and production. Now, we know that art and production is, of course, subjective. subjective. It absolutely is. And it makes it difficult when we go by the same artist or same publisher. <laughs> yeah. So they use a lot of the same. But uh, sometimes, you know, the art can be very clearly better done, you know. And unfortunately, that, de- that, de- uh, that detracts from, like, older games oftentimes. But not always. Um, wh- what about the pieces and components? Sure, everybody would like to have minis compared to, like, cardboard uh, yeah. tokens. But that's not always the case. If that if those minis are large and unfunctional, then that could de- be a detriment. And, and sometimes then, a meatball is better than a mini. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a carcassonne with minis probably wouldn't be as good, actually. I don't mm-hmm. think. Yeah, no, I, do, I agree. Yeah, and so and our last one is uh, graphic design. For those of you who don't know this already, we've said this in every one of our top eight debates, Daniel and I are colorblind. So that's important for us. If the graphic design um, doesn't cater to people who are colorblind... Mm-hmm. Or or people who have you know like low low vision eyesight you know like unable to read small text if they don't take stuff into account for that then that iconography uh, iconography yeah. heavy that people don't easily understand right exactly like non non functional um, or uh, I like to use this one pandemic the lines on the board it, it it's well done we can see it yeah, but if you have good. a game that is this connected to this? And you can't really tell because uh, there's a line right. in one of the board game creases and stuff like that. That's a bad graphic design choice. Exactly. So that's a big one for us. So that's where art production comes in. And that also includes everything from all components to the box to everything. Yeah. As well as finally, there's this is not actual a topic that we discuss. But if we can't come to an agreement on a game, that's where you come in handy. If you go to the Board Game Revolution community on Facebook, we usually put a poll up there determining what our games are as well as your own. Whoever has the highest vote is the tiebreaker. So if, say, two of our games are tied and they're going head-to-head, you get to decide which one moves on. That's right. And I think normally we close the poll prior to this, but I think today we're leaving it open. Just give extra people. So if you're watching us live, go get your votes in now. Yeah. Because it may matter later. Exactly. All right. So with that being said, Daniel, are you ready for round number one? I am. All right. So this will be Castles of Burgundy versus Rome. I will be starting off, I believe. No, you will be starting off. I knew it was going to be a Daniel that started off. And you're going to be arguing for something that apparently you were rather upset over. Uh, I'm not upset about it, but this is the one game I, I vaguely remember playing. Okay. And this is Rome. Um, honestly, I want to make a good argument for Rome, and I'm going to try. Do you want to trade on this? Because I do remember Rome quite a bit. Uh, no, it's not that I don't remember. I do rem- remember it somewhat. It's more along the fi- fact that it's going up against Castles of Burgundy, <laughs> which is one of my all-time favorite games. I think it was in top 10, yep, if I remember probably. when I did my uh, top 100 games. Very likely. But, uh, so, Rome... I will say this hands down. It wins one category right off the bat. Art and production? Oh, heck yes. Ryan Lockett art, which is phenomenal. Yep. The component quality of this game is amazing. The graphic design's really well, too. But this is also comparing Castles of Burgundy, even with the upgraded uh, new one. Yep. This beats it hands down, because that upgraded new one is not much better than the original. Yeah, it's slightly better. And again, it's but... Leia, so we, that's they, yeah. they, they like their greens and browns and pastel colors. <laughs> uh, I also think Rome is a bit simpler than Castles of Burgundy. It is. Uh, the, the likelihood it gets to the table, I think, is the only thing it would lose, but not necessarily, because you say Feld or Lockett, and that's going to be a tough choice. This one is not even mechanism or theme. This one is... Ryan Lockett or Stefan Feld, because the, you're going to have people that are fans of it. 
I just think yeah. um, ease of play in art and production go to Rome because also, and I ran into this, castles and burgundy can lead to some uh, analysis paralysis. Some very hard analysis paralysis. Yeah. I would give art and production and ease of play easily to. But That's other fine. than the other three criteria, I just, I don't. And to the point with the game immersion memorable moments, I barely remember this game. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so my counter argument is castles of burgundy. And yeah, so let's move that on. And just so everybody knows, I do remember Rome to somewhat. I looked it up. I've been rereading it, and it refreshed in my mind. But Castles in Burgundy, it's going to win replay value on our list. It yeah, length of time Rome Rome is better on the length of timing of it. Castles of Burgundy can be a little bit longer, depending on you add more players. Like a two player game plays quickly. Yeah, but if you're Honestly, playing a, a four player game of Rome, I remember it just taking longer than I felt it should have. I think we only played a three-player. It's still, yeah. yeah. Um, minimum number of plays, again, uh, that's going to be Castles of Burgundy because you're not going to see everything that's coming up. Um, as well, and same with Rome, but there's a lot of variations, especially when you add in the expandability with the expansions. There's quite a few expansions for Castles of Burgundy. Uh, you have a lot more meaningful choices in Castles of Burgundy compared to Rome because you're basically determining your card, how you're going to use it and play mm-hmm. it in Rome, as well as the game immersion. I just have more game immersion in Castles of Burgundy. Mind you, I've played it a lot more too. Right. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, no, Castles of Burgundy moves on. That was an easy one. Oh, yeah. Moving into I'm our sure, second one, I'm which... Make sure we're still streaming real quick. Sorry. Quick pause. I'm not able to see it. Okay, cool. Uh, and now... recording good. Yep, okay. we're good. Uh, so moving on to our number two, which is patchwork versus silver and gold. This one's tricky. Yeah, patchwork versus silver and gold, because there's a lot of similarities between the two. But I'll start off the arguing this time. And now right. we're shaking up the cup of doom. You get patchwork. I get patchwork. Cool. I'm okay with that. Because patchwork, what it does, and I know this is difficult because it's going up against one of my favorite designers. Um, I like Ove a lot, but I mean, Phil Walker Harding is one of my favorite designers. But these are very, very similar games in the fact that what you're doing is you are putting polyomino tiles into the grid, which of course is our, our theme. Um, the difference being you could put it pretty much anywhere in your 9x9 grid in patchwork. However, in in um, silver and gold, you can only place it within the shapes that you're getting, mm-hmm. which is intriguing. But that's the only level higher other than components. The dry erase cards is a very good, mm-hmm. a very good mechanism. But patchwork, the reason why I think it should move on, is because yes, you're doing the same as far as polyomino is laying. But the whole econ- economic impact of what you're getting, everything has two factors for it. Every patch that you're putting down, actually three factors really is how many spaces it covers and in what shape. The next thing is if it has any buttons. You know, because then that's money that will come back to you continuously more and more after every single time pass. But then also how much time it takes, because time is limited in this game. And only uh, the player who's farther back on the time track Mm -hmm. gets to take their next turn and choose from there. Like, choosing only from the next three tiles going in that loop, determining which makes the most sense. Like, well, I want to spend a lot of time on this, but that would give you a lot of opportunity this one covers up a lot of spaces, but doesn't give me back buttons, which is what I need to buy more tiles. Yep. This one gives me a lot of buttons, but it's only covering up a little bit of space. There's so, so, so much meaningful choice in patchwork that 
it, it's definitely not a filler, and, and I don't consider it whatsoever. Oh, no, no, no. As it's, far as ease of play It's a goes, very strategic two-player game. It's a very strategic two-player game, and I feel like, as far as simplicity goes, yeah, it's it's slightly less simple than Silver and Gold, and just barely. Because, I mean, who doesn't understand putting a Tetris piece in? Basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is that the amount of choice and how much strategy you have going into patchwork is absolutely brilliant, in my opinion. So I do, I personally think Patrick should move on because of that. But make your argument. All right. So my argument is ease of play. We both agree that silver and gold is much easier to play comparative to this I wouldn't one. say much, but yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's easier. Yes. I could teach this to non-gamers more than I could teach Patchwork, because there's just a lot of tricks sure. with Patchwork. In a Juve Rosenberg game, I think his simplest game is right. his most fun game. Sure. And you know what that one is? It's Bonanza. Bonanza. Yeah. Um... So I say ease of play is silver and gold. I give you meaningful choice. Patchwork does yep. have a lot more meaningful choices out there because, honestly, you're just flipping a card. You're filling in a space. There's one thing I like about silver and gold that does, like, you can't fill a space. Fine. You just make an X. Yeah. That's fine. If you can't use that shape, which but slows Patrick it down for the you. the same thing. If you can't buy a shape, you can instead choose to jump in front of your opponent, gaining mm-hmm. The income from the amount of spaces that you jump, which is also an interesting choice. It, it is. I, that's why I said I give you meaningful choice. Yep. Um, game immersion uh, at the replay value, I think, goes to um, that goes to silver and gold. Yeah. The okay. length of time and scaling well. Patchwork only plays two. Yes, it only plays two, it and it doesn't play. A, it's not a quick two-player game. It's not. Yeah, it's twenty long. minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. R- most games I played of it, it's about thirty minutes. Yeah, silver and gold can play about twenty minutes at a full four full four-player yeah. game. We've it's played quicker. a game of silver and gold at two players. Neither in 10 of minutes. them are expandable. <laughs> However, the Patrick has came out with a lot of different versions. Variants, yes. And the big thing about silver and gold, it's not in print anymore. Yep. But um, we're talking about what we we've I think played it's still for sale though. Yeah, it's just that uh, Panasaurus has even said they're not printing it anymore. Yeah, that's a shame. So, ease of play, I think, goes to Silver and Gold. Meaningful choice, I think, goes to Patchwork. Replay yep. value, I think, goes to um, uh, what is it? Silver and Gold. And I say Art Production actually goes to Patchwork. Okay, yep. Uh, just I because, yeah, the cards are nice. The you production get the is the best and, thing about Silver, uh, Silver and, and Gold. gold. The yes. art is barely there. Yeah, there's really not... I mean, icons are so okay, So, for but... me, it comes down to game immersion. Game immersion. Now... Does so... the game match the mechanism? Both of them do really well on that. I'm I'm going to say, as far as theme-matching mechanism, Patchwork makes more sense, because in Patchwork, you are sewing patches. Now, sure, you wouldn't have polyomino patches and, and a real quilt, but you are still showing or sewing squares in a pattern, whereas silver and gold, you're not digging up in a grid. <laughs> like, nah. Well... Like, that if you're actually, uh, they're doing it more for treasure hunting, but if you're actually, and it's smart, right. like how you're doing it, treasure hunting is like a modern day today, you yeah. are digging up in grids. If you look at any archaeology dig site or people yeah, that sure. are trying to find right. stuff, they're doing it in a grid. So that yeah, makes that's, sense. Yeah, that's different though. If I was if I was out there with a metal detector or with a pirate map, you know, I'm not. Yeah, if I, but that's I'm not what they're going about, for. You're yeah. just digging for treasure. And if you do it rightly right. or smartly, you're going to do it in a grid. Exactly. And that's why I think, you know. So both of them, like version. I said, they both fit it. I just think, agree with you, patchwork fits a little bit but better because bit better. quilting fits more than digging right. up for treasure. Uh, player interactions, 
Patchwork's fine. There's no interaction in Silver and Gold. There, yeah, no, not really. Uh, it, same with Patchwork, other than moving the pieces and, like, someone takes your piece. There's not... Right. It, it, well, uh, I mean, yeah, you can hate no, draft in it. No. You can't no. hate draft in Silver and Gold. But no, that's not can't. what this is about. Well, Player you, interaction you, you, is how you would talk you, to each other. You can hate draft in Silver and Gold. If you see someone's looking for diamond bonuses yeah, and you, you take, take the, the diamonds, diamond, sure. yeah. But, yeah. That's about it. Um, also... I've had more memorable moments in Silver and Gold than Patchwork, just because Patchwork is, it's, again, both of these games are more mechanistic than they are actual thematic. Right. I would say... And to, to the point that, <laughs> how many versions of Patchwork is there now? There's Americana, yeah, there's, there's Halloween, Halloween there's, there's a Christmas one, yeah. there's the original one, there's Express. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There's... Um, memorable moments... I so for me, and this is why I say yeah. I think personally, silver and gold go to a memorable moment. It's a story you tell all the time about uh, silver and gold. It, Every yeah, time you show person. this okay. game, somebody goes and buys it. Right, and the the detriment one that I would argue is that uh, silver and gold, the or patchwork. The really strange part about it is when. At the end of the game, you're going to count every empty spot, and that's minus two points, mm-hmm. which is a huge hit. And oftentimes, when you first play Patchwork, you're oh, going to yeah, end yeah, up negative. Yeah. To but the point. here's the thing. The first game I ever got positive score, I was elated. I loved every second of it, and that was a huge memorable I think the moment for me. the first time I played this game, I got a positive score. The second time I played this game, it was negative, uh, yeah. negative 10 to 5. That was the right. final score. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a big issue with that too. Um, I get what you're saying Remember, going into the positive. So yeah, I think uh, I say patchwork matches mechanism. I think there's more player interaction for patchwork, just barely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Therefore, like, I think I agree. Patchwork moves just on. barely. Right. Cool. All right. Patchwork moves on. Just barely, though, because they really are. I mean, if you like one, you're probably going to like the other. Yeah, and honestly, they're mechanistic. They're they're the theme for it is vaguely there. Well, I appreciate that they. One of the things I like about Patchwork is the fact that that does make sense with the theme of quilting. You yeah, know, it really does. It, they could have done something like, "Oh, you are sewing the fabric of time and space," of like the and like make up some weird. Oh, they will. Uh, look at how many for eventually. No, but I'm saying like they could have done like they could have done like a generic like we're gonna put this in a in a fantasy thing and you're building buildings on the on this area. You know, they Speaking could have done which... something completely <laughs> broken. Right? Yeah, no, I get you that thematic, but they chose to go with a sensible theme. Boring, yes, but sensible made sense. Well, it's Juve Rosenberg. That's right. That's true. <laughs> All right, because they're either farming or something else. Yeah. All right. Uh, so our next one is cartographers. Versus tiny towns. You'll be starting us off. And which one do I get? Oh, hey, cool. Awesome. Yeah, okay. Photographers. That one actually, uh, this one's a little tough for me because I really enjoy both of these games yep. a lot. Um, I would say, I guess my wife just showed up because my dog's squeaking her toy. Yeah, I just heard that. <laughs> so uh, I enjoy tiny towns. I think it's really good. But when it comes to theme matching the mechanism, did you know when you first played Tiny Towns that it was a village of animals? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. When did you find out it was a village of animals? When somebody had pointed it out to me. You know when I found out? What? When the expansion came out. Right. Yeah. I think that's when everybody discovered it. They're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, uh, that when theme I, when, is not there. On the last debate, when I was talking about mechanistic, 
Tiny Towns. Talk about memorable moment, though. We all knew exactly where we were when we found out Tiny Towns was about animals. (laughs) All right. So going into this, cartographers, um, I think, again, I'm going to try to take my bias out of this as much as possible. I am. But I love this game. The uh, replay value of this game is there. There, It scales pretty well. I've played a four-player game of it. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know the lightsaber's within reach, right? Yes, it is. That's correct. (laughs) So, that is the first time I've threatened you today. (laughs) Yes. For this episode, yes. Correct. (laughs) So, the length that uh, I think replay value goes to the cartographer. (laughs) It scales pretty well. Um... Not really when it comes to, like, the minimum number of plays to get the full experience. I I, I agree. Tiny Towns gets that just in the base game alone. But when we're coming to the expansions, they have four map packs. Mm -hmm. Um, You could buy the skills pack that allows you to find a way to use our coins. There's two versions or two of those as well as um, a monster pack, an additional monster pack. Yep. So Tiny Towns only has the two full expansions and one smaller pack. Yeah, so there, there's up there for cartographers. Plus, it came with colored pencils. So when we go into art and production, it came with colored pencils, the the collector's edition. Yeah. <laughs> but base game, it comes with pencils in there. Um, art and production, I think, goes to Tiny Towns. But with cartographers, I think there's a lot of much more meaningful choices. Uh, when Tiny Towns, there's there. But sometimes you're beholden to what's at the table that you can call that for your card purposes, like if you're building a well or something like that. I just think cartographers, because you can go anywhere you want in the map, and then when monsters come up, you can go anywhere on the map to screw the opponents over, too. So I personally think cartographers should move on, but let's hear you out on Tiny Towns. Okay, I do think Tiny Towns should move on, and I will explain why. Um, Ease of play, I do think it's easier than than cartographers and that's because most of them are you know they're essentially bingo you know everybody is beholden to whatever flips whatever token is done um however of course for meaningful choice uh there is no random there is no result of something happening you are you choose what your fate effectively you but you're also choosing for the other other players, players which you know of course there there's a factor of you wanting to pick for yourself um uh, but also at the same time, you want to pick something that you know that other players likely won't be picking because the ones that they will likely pick, you need to play to your advantage. So like if I know that you're going to pick glass, I'm probably not going to pick it even if I need it because I know you're going to benefit me by doing so. Yeah. So there's a lot of headroom that can be done well. Um, art and production, agreed. Tiny towns. I don't, yeah. I don't think that's an argument. But um, <laughs> as far as replay value... I do think that should go to Tiny Towns, and I'll explain why. Um, because By our own criteria, it should not go to no, Tiny Towns. No, I do think it should go to Tiny Towns for replay Where? value. Where? Because of length of time and scaling well. Technically, Tiny Towns can be played with an infinite number of players as long as you have Only if you play the variant. Yeah, only if you play the variant with the random cards. Yes, but it, it does not change time-wise as far as how long the game goes. It can and not really. And no. here's a, the one detractor not, I not really Not any have more time. than just waiting for people to, to play. And if you put a timer on saying, okay, make your decision within a minute or two minutes or whatever, like, and then we go on to the next card, then there's no excuse for anybody who's not meeting that criteria. But yeah, that's putting a... You're forcing a timer in a game that doesn't come with a timer in the no, game. No, it, it's... Cartographers already has implied. that timer. Yeah. 
it, you have that countdown. Hey, if this card flips and it equals uh, six, that's it. That's the end of the game. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Is that you're no, no but the yeah, I'm, saying, I'm saying is like you you can't say that that the game the game is going to take the same amount of time regardless of the number of uh, players. No, because like, I've I played it at a con and it yeah played quicker than a four player game because it's that's, like, but, but a four I've, player it, and a six player version of Tiny Towns is the, is the same time. Analysis paralysis on one player does not affect every other player because you're all playing simultaneously. Yeah, I don't. I can't give you the replay value because even if you go length of time and scaling well, minimum and number of plays for the full experience is tiny towns. I can't give you the length of time though. I I have to say it only is. so we can call it a wash. I, we could call it a wash. The thing okay. is because I can play a six player game. We're all playing at the same time. You have to choose to until use... the scoring rounds. You have to score those separate. No. In in cartographers, what do you mean in the scoring? Like games? at the end of the seasons or the packs, right? You have to do individual stuff, don't you? No, you score your own thing. Okay. So with cartographers, oh, you with have monsters, your four scorings. So. The monster is the only one that you go around, and eventually, when you get into the final round, uh, it depends on where you're going to put the monster. It's not going to take as much of effect. You just no. have to be smart about it. Like if a monster comes up in the first round, you have to start building around the monster. That's uh, the big thing about it. But if you get into the third round. Or fourth round, spring or fall, if a monster comes up, most of your board's already filled up, so it's not going to give you as much negative spaces. I'm just saying it. The scaling works better in tiny towns than it does in cartographers. I don't think so. I I do. So, I've we'll played it, it in a big group because I played it when it was and I introduced. Tiny towns in a huge group. I played it with twelve. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about cartographers. I played tiny towns in a huge group. Yeah, and it was eighteen. <laughs> okay. At a convention. Yeah. And so, and it still played just as long as a four-player game. It would. took forty-five minutes to play through it. Okay, because there was just a lot of extra time for yeah. more people. That it doesn't have to though. But like I'm saying, yeah, scaling. You, is, when you have to fix rules to make it work as scaling well, fix rules. No, that's not. No, yeah, it's fixing the There's rules. There's two different versions of where how you can play it. One just works better with larger players, but it doesn't change the time frame it's, at all. It still changes we'll the rule. We'll call it a And then we'll you, you were also saying about... We'll call it a wash. you got to add a timer in there, which is not in no, the rules. No, you don't have to. That's saying if you're worried about, about I, people... I don't think that... Them. I've played no, both with We will call groups. it a wash okay. because we can't agree. So replay value, wash. Um, meaningful choice, tiny towns. Uh, game immersion. Okay. I, I see... will give you memorable moments for sure because I know that's that's one of your arguments. Memorable moments for cartographers. Not just that the theme matching the mechanism. Oh, I don't think that makes any sense in cartographers. You're building a map. Yeah, and the the, the grid doesn't. You're building a map. Yeah, no, but like the, you don't build maps in real life. Like you you don't build the terrain and and the patterns. Like it doesn't. No, but you're discovering it. Oh, here's the forest or a town. You that's what you discovered. You're discovering where you choose to put it. But <laughs> well, you're discovering but it as you're writing. I want to go two miles north that oh, way. God. It's going to be go. a forest. I we got another you. argument in place. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't think the theme matches the mechanisms for either of them. <laughs> more so I mean, in cartographers because you're well, building tiny a map. towns. I think city planning makes more sense than building a map. Like, you know, I mean, I know it's fantasy. Well, we got another but... wash here. So okay. player interactions. Okay, player interactions. Um, cartographers has more in that one. Because tiny towns, literally someone just calls something and you build something. No, but that's that's what's so great about it. Because you know, you're like, all right, please call it, please call it. I'll call glass. Oh, you son of... I, mm, 
Like, why did you call glass? Like, because I need uh, glass. Okay, that's Th- cool. That's, I love that. That happens every time I play. I Chinese like games. that. It's fun. But when someone get the monster card comes up and someone gets to dictate where the monster card is, like, why did you put it there, you jerk? Okay. So then, fair enough to call it a wash. Then fair enough to call. it All a right, wash. I'll go to cartographers then because of memorable moments. All right, that's fair. Um, art and production we already decided was Titan Towns. Oh yeah. So it's two and two. Yeah, we got a tie. So. Uh, we actually have and to go. And replay to... value is a wash. So, yeah. We, we have to go to a vote. Okay. Very uh, good. I'm going to do a refresh. Do either of them have votes yet? I'm going to do a refresh. We'll find out. Photographers. Okay. That's fair. I'll, I'll let that go on. <laughs> it's just... We're going to have to keep doing a refresh every time we got to go to a vote. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. It, it could be uh, worse. Ooh, I don't <laughs> even know where it's going to go right now. Oh, no, I know where it's going to go. It's going to go up against Patchwork. Yep. That's right. So, and our final round will be Tapestry versus Baron Park. <laughs> this is also one that... It, this is my second favorite uh, Stone Meyer game, Tapestry. So, I need to put you over here, and i got to throw you two and in here. Daniel, you will be leading us off this round. Oh, man. Whether you get Baron Park or Tapestry. Which hurts my heart it does it does me too it does less so but i know which one i I, instantly want to go on yeah same hey and i get to argue baron park okay that's me being the stonemeyer guy gets to argue baron park (laughs) yeah that's okay i can argue i can argue tapestry all right so i just need to move those and put this one in here because whoever's facing winning this one goes on against Castles of Burgundy. So why are we even debating at this point? <laughs> All right, so I get Baron Park, and easily this is probably my favorite polynomial game on this list. Baron Park? Baron Park. Okay. Um, when it comes to ease of play, it's much easier than Tapestry. Yes. Tapestry is a chore to teach. And the big thing about it is, for me, the big part about Baron which, Park... Which is funny, because functionally, it's actually easier. Like, you just move a token, token over a track. Yeah. You have four tracks, that's it. Like, but you gotta pay attention to everything, because there's... Everything else is... Yeah, and I was about to mention it. Yeah. When we call theme matching the mechanism, I think Baron Park fits better, yes. because you're trying to fit on the board better, and build a park in a somewhat logical yeah. aspect. It's one of the few examples where the simplicity of it makes the theme make more sense. In the fact of the matter is tapestry, when it comes to this grid covering, it's only a part of the game. Your yeah. main part of the game is moving along those tracks. So you're building in your capital. But mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to build. You, you want to, because you want right. to get those build, buildings off your, your player board where you can get, start getting more resources and stuff like that. That was one of our games that <laughs> has to move on. So, nope. but um, Baron Park, at its core, is one of the most simplistic, smartest games on this list. Okay. When you're talking about ease of play, it's very easy to teach. You you do what you got to do. You fill in Place the grid. The tile. Take the tile. Yeah. That's it. And then, if you fill your board, you can get a second board. And you get a treasure token, and you're getting points based on how many you're getting out there. And if you could take yep. another uh, park piece, a bigger park piece, you're getting a points off of that too. Mm-hmm. So it is phenomenal on just on the easy aspect of it. I think um, tapestry has more meaningful choices because you have to play smartly with the resources that you're getting. Baron Park, you're literally just taking a tile and putting a tile away. Game immersion. I can get into Tapestry. I can feel like I'm a civilization. That's who I'm playing. The the Their abilities are mm-hmm. good. But the big issue is Baron Park, 
I feel like I'm building a bear park in a sense because, okay, I'm going to put the koalas over here and I'm going to put the polar bears over here, which I don't know why koalas are in this game. They're marsupials, not bears. Well, they're not barons, that's for sure. <laughs> but um, for me personally, I think Baron Park has to move on. Okay. When I go into it, ease of play, uh, ooh, meaningful choices, uh, game immersion gets there as well as um, replay value. Not because of expansions, but because of the scaling. I think it scales very well for four players, as well as the, um, what is that second criteria? Because uh, I'm drawing a blank on it right now. The minimum number of plays to get the full experience. No, well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. This, this is tough. This could be it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the two that are immediately obvious to me are ease of play and art and production. Because art and production would go to tapestry, ease oh, of play goes to Bear Park. Bear Park, yeah. yeah. Tapestry That's is without phenomenal. A yeah. Um, now the thing is, it, <coughs> I'm going to argue for tapestry. Yeah. And, and this is one of the few examples of the, when I first played this, I, I absolutely like the mess out of it. I really want to eventually buy my own copy because I just remember really enjoying how simple that mechanism of moving the tokens along the track is paying what you need to pay. But then at the same time, trying to figure out which one or which paths make the most sense for you really you're you're devoting one of four choices you have four choices every turn aha but expansion adds a fifth yeah the expansion adds a fifth but really the yeah it, it's really game, just yeah. four choices <laughs> whereas the number of choices in baron park is only based off of the the choices that you have of tiles that you have yeah pre-planned so I, I think we need to break this down. Okay. Um, ease of play, like I Baron said, Baron Park. Park. Um, replay value. Um, now, so this is interesting. Length of time and scaling well definitely goes to Baron, Baron Park. Park. Hands yes. down. But um, when minimum I number of plays would be tapestry. tapestry. Yep. Expandability, I believe, would go to tapestry. Two expansions compared to one. Yeah, because uh, Baron Park only has the oh, one. one. The Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears, yeah. Yep. Um, so replay value goes to tapestry. Yep, okay. Meaningful choice, I think, would go to Baron Park in my opinion. And that's because your long-term strategy is definitely a huge thing yeah. and impacting the other players. Uh, tapestry is certainly more of a reactionary thing, like based on True. what they do, if they're building off in the mid map, um, then that's a huge reactionary thing. Um, if you're going more towards war or more towards, you know, building up your own civilization or your tapestries mm -hmm. that affects other players. But really when you pick a single tile in any part of Baron Park other than the basic tiles, then that limits the amount of points yeah. that the other player can immediately, or any other player can take. If you take one of the orange tiles, the, nobody else can get that tile, yeah. whether you use it or not. That is huge interaction. And then also the timing is huge. When mm -hmm. you finish off your your uh, grid, the 15 spots, and you take the highest victory point, point the Baron statues. Tar. Yeah, exactly. And then so that diminishes over time as well. And so that's a huge thing. So I think meaningful choice, there's no arbitrary choice whatsoever oh, in Baron Park. Park. So I think meaningful choice goes to Baron Park. So you're saying 2-2, two, two, so two, that two. leads to game immersion. Game immersion. Neither of the themes match the mechanisms. Baron Park does it more in my estimation, not really the theme part of it, uh -huh. but the mechanism, it's the big part of the game. So right. when we're also talking about does it fit the game, the category best, right. Baron Park fits it best because that that it does grid make coverage, sense that you're building a, a weird shaped park. The yeah. grid coverage 
of it when it comes to tapestry is only a minimum part of the game. Okay. You can even not worry about your capital city. It's not recommended. But there there are civilizations that allow you to still pull those pieces off. You just don't put them on your city capital. Right. You can put them on the map. Okay. So Agreed. it's a minimum part of the thing. As well as player interactions, as you were talking, I think that's more into tapestry side. Yeah, to an extent. You well, think know, about it but, when you were trying yeah. to go for that center map. Yeah, when you're that's and that's really or the only thing. Or someone starts right? encroaching into your territory yeah, too. You start getting really annoyed by them. You start <laughs> figuring out, hey, like what are these guys all about? Are they are they trying to conquer? Or are they are just you, expanding? What what's what's their deal here? And the other thing too is the 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 tapestries themselves. If you're trying to mess with someone, they can use a tapestry right. card to play a trap card on you. Sure. Yeah. Or uh, another big one is. Um, when you're building technologies, you have mm-hmm. to worry about what your neighbors have because you can get their ability. Hey, you could get this if you or one of your neighbors have it. So if you're right. sitting across the t- catty corner to someone else, you don't have to worry about that right. person. Because exactly. So I think there's just a lot more memorable – or not memorable uh, – player interaction. Player interaction with Top Street. Okay. And that, that part aspect because it's built into the game. So really it boils down to memorable moments. Um, I can't – I don't think either of them specifically have any. The only one I could think of for, on tapestry side is when um, one of our mutual friends was playing or rolling the war die. And he needed one specific thing to come up, and it popped up. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, very random, but yeah, yeah, it, it's random. Uh, or for me, I what I like to do, or what I did, and that's memorable for me on tapestry side is when I finish the science track, it allows me to time loop and I can start building on another track somewhere else. So I have two cubes on one track. Okay. Yeah, I, so those combos and those yeah. abilities. But in Baron Park... Um, like it, It's awfully satisfying. When you could get like the, that, and that the fact statue. that you're building your own polyomino with, yeah. the, with the construction tiles too. Yeah, so... Like, that's a really satisfying I'm feeling. But would be okay saying memorable moments is a scratch because there's both okay. memorable moments. I'm fine with that. So that game immersion is a push. Okay. So that's two and two and a push, right? Yeah. Let's see if well, anything. we're indecisive today, aren't <laughs> yeah. we? Yeah. Because these are really good games. They really are. All right. Yeah. Another so, refresh and find out what happens. Yep. Which I think I already see unless it changes. Uh, go ahead and see more just in case. Yep. Uh, that means Tapestry moves on with one vote ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So Tapestry, which is number four. So really, our top four just moved on. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. All right, so let's go ahead and do... Into our, the semifinals. Our, our quick vote real quick. Yeah, yeah. The number eight seed, Rome. Did not get a single vote, so yep. it didn't move on. Our number seven seed, Silver and Gold, did not get a single vote. It didn't move on. Our number six seed, Tiny Towns, did not get a single vote, so no love there. And Aaron Park did not get a single vote. So. This is awkward. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it, but it kind of proves in, you know, for grid coverage, you know, we weren't wrong in how we were arguing it, at least yeah. compared to the other votes. There is one that's obviously a little, little different. Up on the map, but we'll talk about that here in a bit. Yeah. So let's move on to the next round. Let me just get out of this real quick. All right, there we go. And so we have Castles of Burgundy versus Tapestry. This will be different. All right. Um, Daniel, you'll be starting off this debate. Will you get Castles of Burgundy or Tapestry? This is the one that I think hurts you the most. No, I know which one I prefer more. 
Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's see which one you argue. Ooh, ASMR. You know, for... I get Castles of Burgundy. Okay. Sounds good. So, for me, this is the one I believe should move on. I just think it meets a lot of the criterias for this one. Uh, where we're talking expansions. How many expansions are there in Castles of Burgundy? Yeah, the small expansions. But, they but are there are expansions. expansions. Yep. There's, what, ten of them? Something like that. Yeah. Like mini packs and... Um, different extra map packs. Yeah. Uh, extra tiles. Uh, Tapestry only has the two. Mind you, they're gorgeous. Uh, art and production goes... Though, that, that's Tapestry. That's Tapestry. Without a doubt, yeah. There's, there's no argument there. Uh, so, for me, when I'm just going through our criteria quickly, I think Ease of Play goes to Tapestry. It's okay. slightly easier because you just you get your resources, and then you have to do all that other sure. stuff. There's a lot of moving parts in Castles of Burgundy. There is. Uh, I think there's much more meaningful choices. But in now, Castle. hold on. Let's think about that for a minute. The core mechanism of tapestry is just moving a dial or moving a token on a track, right? And it's core a resource to do it. Yeah, uh, but then the core mechanism in Castle Burgundy is just take a number die and use its action. But here's the problem with the using the action. Where do you use the action? Do you use it to get stuff on the boat? Four <laughs> options. You have four <laughs> options, and it comes back to tapestry. Four choices of which track. So technically. But I think more people are going to understand a spend resource to move up over here and then follow suit. More so because, and also Castles of Burgundy just looks intimidating. It does, yeah. And so you have a better chance. Okay, if I show Tapestry, just the box cover to people and say it's a civilization game that plays in so many times. Or show the cover of Castles of Burgundy, what do you think their choice is going to be? Probably Tapestry, yeah, and I don't disagree with that. I do think, based on the theme and how pretty it is, it's more likely to get to the table. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily easier. So I'm just going to I would say that it would be the same level of difficulty for both. I just think Tapestry, just the simplicity and familiarity of spend a resource, do an action. More so than take a die and do four actions. But what do those actions exactly do? Take a tile, place a tile, just ship tokens, or get some workers. That's it. Those that could be... I, I remember when I first played it, I, I dig the game. You don't have to pay resources for it. But it was very intimidating for a new it player. It is intimidating. I, I, I showed Tapestry to new players to that game, and they really enjoyed it. Yeah. So it that's all, and I've that's, turned people into gamers with Castle Burgundy. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just providing a counter argument. I do think I agree. It should go to Tapestry, but here's I, the big but not why, that big of a difference. Here's the big reason why I think Tapestry okay. wins this one. What's that third criteria? Prone to analysis paralysis. There's I, way more to consider in Tapestry. Yes, but it's much more simpler. Uh, I've played both these games with someone with AP, and I'd rather play Tapestry than Castles of Burgundy. Okay. <laughs> The thing is, the reason why I'm saying that it's more complicated for Tapestry is because the the different things that you're doing, like whether you're expanding the map, building Tapestry for your civilization, all of your different endgame goals, those are very, very different things versus Castle of Burgundy. Yeah, you have every building as its own thing, its own own beast, but really all you're doing is building buildings. The yellow buildings and all their special abilities. But you're building buildings. Plus, the way Castle of Burgundy is structured. Yes. Here's the big thing about Castle of Burgundy's structure. It's played over how many rounds? Mm, Six. And how many many turns per round? Five. So it's 25 turns total. (laughs) Yeah. That could be intimidating. Okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? No, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's not intimidating. I'm just saying, like, technically all you're doing is all functionally the same I, thing. You're I, building a building, taking a building, building a building. That's it. Not taking a tile, 
expanding your domain, okay, our mutual, taking a card, our mutual friend who this. suffers from AP because they're min maxers. Yeah. Which game would you prefer to play with them? The Castles of Burgundy. Uh, no. Yes, I would personally. Yes, <laughs> Tapestry. Yeah, and I'm not making that argument just to argue. <laughs> I I do think Easy Play should go to Tapestry, but I don't think it's because of that. Also, uh, going to replay value, length of time and scaling well. I think that slightly goes to Castles of Burgundy just because the yeah. length of time and scaling well. Tapestry can take longer it, with more yeah. people. It could be. That's in, not to say it's a short game, right? In, in the expandability, it's two expansions versus ten mini expansions. Yeah, right. Um, but I do think a minimum number and, of plays... one of the expansions is an errata expansion, too. Like, kind of like... It, in a sense, it, yes. In a way. And so that's that's a big it, it, thing. It, it isn't an errata expansion. It just has an errata on it. So right. that, that cheat sheet from that errata, you could already get on Board Game right. Geek. He did that before the expansion came sure. out. He but, just made it, put it where people can reference it easier. But right. no, I get, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. I, yeah. I don't, like, that That doesn't expand the ability to play. Yeah, no, no, no. As, I, so much as it corrects it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it does add more civilization, which gives you more mm-hmm. to look at. But yeah, I think replay value goes to Castles of Burgundy. Um, when I'm going to Meaningful Choice... Castles one, of Burgundy. Uh, because and, and for one main factor why I claim this for Castles of Burgundy is because Stefan Fell did something that most dice games cannot do. He made every dice number that you can roll equally as valuable of an option, depending on the circumstances. Yes. That when a six is not better than a one. Like in a lot of games, if you roll a higher number, you're better. But here's better, the problem. You know... That, my argument for that is, does it fall into the meaningful choice category? Or does absolutely. it fall into the graphic design category in art, art and production? Because that's no, a very important no, factor. that's a mechanism. That's a mechanism. So it has nothing to do with the graphic okay. design. Um, the fact that its its number is co- is perfect, that it's cyclical, you know, you're yeah, able yeah, to... Yeah. to the, that, 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 it's just a happy coincidence. But the fact that it, it's because of that ability... The, I think it's there, I'm there's no Burgundy. Why am I bad, fighting for tapestry? No. Well, the, the <laughs> thing is, there's no bad role, right? Yeah. You know, you, you have as many options with your roles as any other player, regardless of what number you roll. Okay. That just helps refine your choices. Let's take a quick pause real quick. Art production. Uh, tapestry. Tapestry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's easy. Ease of play. We, we're both arguing tapestry. Tapestry, yeah. Okay. You're saying meaningful choice in Castles of Burgundy. Correct. I haven't made up my mind just yet on that. We both yeah. say replay value goes to Castles of Burgundy. Correct, yeah. Um, meaningful choice. I'm just looking through this. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with you because uh, Castles of Burgundy does have a lot more meaningful choices. The only issue uh, that I have with uh, Castles and Burgundy is if you're not getting the ability to ship goods, you can't move along your boat along or the be able to pick up the river, which means you can't get first player if you're so far back on the sea, which can impact you. And that is not a choice you can make sometimes. Some right. things are taken away from you, if especially if it's the start of the game and sure. everybody picks up the shipping stuff before you can. And, and the same, like, almost the same argument can be made if like somebody developed the center map way faster than you could. Yeah. You know, sit, but, but yeah, agree. The center map part of that is only, only a portion, a portion of tapestry. But whereas being yeah. first player can be very important. Castles of Burgundy. Correct. Yeah. That, that, that's the only thing about that. When it goes into game immersion, I think the theme matching the mechanism, or in this case, the this which fits the category best, that goes to Castles of Burgundy. Yeah? Because, again, going back to my it, further argument... It makes argument, sense building a domain. You have yeah. your region. and the, But it goes back to my original argument. That's only a small part of, of the tapestry. Game. Yeah. yeah. Which is always um, a detriment. 
I think there's a lot more player interaction. In Not Okay, yeah, Tapestry. Just because of the cards that are coming up or you have to be aware of what your neighbors are doing. Mm-hmm. Because that can allow you to do special abilities if your la- neighbors or right. yourself have met that criteria. Where in Castle Burgundy, you can mostly ignore it. Yeah, it, oh, it, Castles of Burgundy dubbed a series of games called Multiplayer no, Solitaire. No, 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 it's not a multiplayer solitaire because what, what you do does affect me because if you take the tiles that I'm looking for, no, you no, take no, a specific it, species of animal. If you take the, the buildings, okay, give me the But my points. thing is when it comes to the multiplayer solitaire, yes, I could take something that comes to you that you, right. you want. But in all honesty, how many times have you played Castles of Burgundy where it's... Yep, yeah, and you're, then you're, next you're round. there. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Whereas yeah. Tapestry, I have to pay attention to what you guys are doing. It's because you have to look at their tokens because they're on the same track as you. Not just that. <laughs> you want to be the first one to reach the landmarks that you can put sure. on your board. Or yeah. you want to be the first one to get into, go into space because of the rewards from there. I just thought of a good counter argument as as far as art and production goes. As a benefit for Castle of Burgundy, at least the tiles fit on the grid. Just because of the yeah. Yep. Yeah, but Mic drop. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, here's the problem with that. Do they stay on the grid? One thing about tapestry, at least it's got that it's nice got the texture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. So Well, all right. So where were we? We're in the game immersion. <laughs> Yeah. So does the game? I say Castles of Burgundy. Player interaction, I think, more goes the tapestry. Okay. Which one has more memorable moments? I I have to call that a wash. I don't think I do too. Of them do. I, I've played them both a mess of times that I can have memorable moments on yeah. both games. Um, yeah, with tapestry, and I don't feel like any, any when you the same kind of memorable moment. I can't like remember. when you're comboing like the, all the castles and doing yeah. the castle doing this doing that. Like, all of those, that's the same gratification as in Tapestry when you pull those combos. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, I'm going to move on this Or track. my it's personal like, favorite, this, when shot, you and um, our mutual friend Dom were playing this, and you're battling it out in the middle of the map, and I'm just sitting there like, nah, screw that, you guys can fight yourself, I'm staying on my little island. Yep. I'm going to put all my towers here, you guys can't come <laughs> into my space, leave me alone. Yeah. And I just and I still had a chance of winning that game without right. me conquering like you guys. Right. And the thing uh, when it goes into our production, we already said this for Tapestry, but I I see where this is going, and I think we're both in agreement that Castles of Burgundy should move on. Yeah. Um, Tapestry has a very smart graphic design. It does. Uh, just because board across from each other play very well so if you're going for a militaristic conquering lands Mm -hmm. the military track and the exploring track which allows you to open up more land is phenomenal together as well as the science track and the technology track play really well and they're both on opposite sides and that's that's a really smart design And, and also like the um the tapestry cards themselves don't they match the background of like your yeah your your player field yeah it yeah the graphic design is paramount in in that but agreed with that i do think because of the meaningful choice i would give it to castles of burgundy i agree with you cool yes i i do agree with illuminacy saying over here castles is showing its age uh that's why like he was mentioning earlier castles of tuscany does some stuff that helps it more for the modern age that's right all right and our last one will be patrick versus cartographers (laughs) A two-player polynomial game versus a multiplayer polynomial game. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we know which one scale is it going to go to. <laughs> All right, you're going to be doing the argument. I hope you pull patchwork. 
I pull cartographers. Okay. All right. <laughs> Just to enough. show you, that's the one no, I pulled. I trust you. Why would you cheat at something like this, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So I get to argue cartographers. And honestly, I'm going to go off the, the the beaten path here. Or not the beaten path, but going on a limb. I say cartographers is easier to play than patchworks. Just because of the, you know, moving around, making sure you get the buttons and that triggering where cartographers... We had this argument already. <laughs> what was it However, that, that cartographers was against? Uh, Tiny Towns. Oh, yeah, okay. I think cartographers is slightly easier to play just because it's sure. coming to the card and you're putting it out there on the board. I do say... I the theme is more accessible. Art and production? Patchworks. Okay, agreed. Because base cartographers, yeah, you get a lot of map packs. That's nice. It is double-sided, so you can play a more difficult map. And pencils and some nice cards. Great artwork. Uh, I will say the artwork is better in... (laughs) I mean, you've got your own thing. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I've seen people who've done it really nice on cartographers. um, But patchwork, it's nice. I think the art is better (laughs) in cartographers. The art is only based on whoever's drawing it. (laughs) That's that's funny. Well, no, because the cards in the cityscapes <laughs> no. are really good on cartographers, but however, yeah, uh, pieces and components goes no. to patchwork, and the graphic design goes much more to patchworks as well. Sure. Um, so there, I got my two out of the way. Uh, the big thing here is replay value, because it's a lot tougher to do this, because are we counting standalone games as expansions? But there's not an expansion for it. No, it should not because functionally it's the same game. It's It's just a different theme. So I think replay value definitely goes to cartographers. Yeah, because one, it's got length of time. It has expansions. (laughs) It has has scaling. Let's see, it's got one expansion, standalone expansion, plus uh, three map packs. Yeah, to experience everything, you still need more plays in cartographers. Yeah, it wins on all three. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Game immersion. Mm-hmm. Uh, does the, the game fit the category best? The match the mechanism. I I will, uh, say that's patchwork. You do mm-hmm. feel like you're quilting, but for me, player interaction more so on cartographers, especially when it comes to, like the monsters coming up on the map. Huh. Uh, even in solo play, because there is a trigger when monsters got to come up on the map where you have to sure. build the monster as well. So I think that's great interaction okay. just by one player. And I know you're going <laughs> to claim memorable moments as well for cartographers. I, for me personally, yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the the only thing is, or the reason being is because I've only played Patchwork twice, once with you and once with our mutual friend Gamehead mm-hmm. Geek, and both times I'm like, this is cool, and I got negative points, <laughs> but that's a memorable moment because I that's memorable. <laughs> I got negative points, sure, but it's not a positive memorable moment, sure. and sometimes that's a detractor for a game, right? No, and I agree. So going to that meaningful choice though, and this is uh, one I know you're going to argue, but I'm going to have to say I agree with you. Patchworks. Yeah, patchwork goes to meaningful choice. So, so my counter argument is I agree with everything you just said. Patchwork moves on. Easy play. Oh no, uh, cartographers moves Car- on. Cartographers moves on. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That was easy. <laughs> that was much easy, much easier than normal. No, I. Yep, you said everything that I was going to counter argue because I I stand by patchwork being more of a meaningful choice, and I do think that it's a better art in production. Um. But ultimately, not, yeah, the thing that's, is, that's where it's. I'm not saying right. cartographer is an ugly game by any means. No, no. In fact, you know, the argument that I would make for it as, as far, I would even almost give it art and production for cartographers because in a roll and write where you're drawing terrain types, that the iconography that they chose is Same. not only recognizable and easy to determine what it is, regardless of what color it is. Yeah. 
you you know exactly what you're looking at, and it's simple enough that anybody can draw that. Yeah. I could give that to an eight-year-old kid, and they would be able to draw that and functionally have as much of a... I agree. As much as that. So that's why, even though you're drawing it, the graphic design is very paramount in that, and that's I what it needed, s- and it does happen. I will say this about Kotakovich, too. We talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Both you and me are colorblind. Red, green, colorblind. Yes. And they do something we always say you should do yes. when you're doing graphic design. If you're going to use red and green, mm-hmm. make them different shades. Make yep. one dark and one light. And Cartographers does that. Yep. And for you to, and the thing is, sometimes That's it comes it out. It comes out is like it's a card. You could draw a house or you could draw a forest. Mm-hmm. One's green, one's red. But hey, there's a shade variant, so I know. And yep. then you put the symbol on it as well. Yep, they're very, very clear as to what it is. So they yep. definitely took that into consideration. So I have them give them a props for that. So yep. we're moving on to the final round. So in the final round, which we'll we'll get to the votes in a minute. But in the final round, what we do is we do not pick a side. We do not pick random. We just argue it point by point. Argue each of the five criteria. See if there is a clear, defined winner. And uh, if not, then we take it to the fan vote as always. This is normally when we get uh, the biggest arguments between us, but then we also reference a lot of the past arguments that we've already made, which makes it nice and easy. So, moving on, uh, Tapestry was our number four seed, and it had one vote. Uh-huh. And Patchwork was our number two seed, and I think it had zero, zero votes. votes. Yeah. <laughs> zero votes, which is a shame. Alrighty, right. so let's move on. Let me put this up over here. And so now... Again, as you mentioned, we don't make a decision here. Right. So Castle what is jumping out on you? Um, meaningful choices. Castle, Castle Burgundy. of Burgundy. I agree wholeheartedly on that one. Art and production, we always throw Castles of Burgundy under the bus because it deserves it. it yeah, no, and we just mentioned it about cartographers, yep. about the, the way they made it graphic design-wise. Yep. Uh, I think the production is better in Castles of Burgundy because... No, the, because the thin of the, tiles. Oh, they're yeah. thinner tiles. The boards Paper are, mats. Yeah. And the colors, the tiles are so hard to read. Yeah. yeah. And even on the upgraded. I My buddy, uh, our buddy that we mentioned, Gamehead Geek, he yeah. has the newest one. The What is it? The, like, Anniversary Edition. Yeah. It's, now, I like the cover better. The cover that. is... I've always loved that minimalistic style cover. The but cover's great. The, the it art looks is exactly better the same. Just, yeah. you know, brighter. It doesn't help me any because this, the browns are still the same shade, even if they're all brighter. Yeah. And that's a big thing I had, uh, and I have to mention this about Castles of Burgundy. There's two browns in this one: a tan and a brown. Wait, what's the other brown? It's a. There's yellow, brown, uh, tan, silver. Green, oh, sorry, it's the green. Silver. The green is what's yeah, bothering me because yeah. the tan and the green. And there's two shades of green. There's a light green and a dark. Dark green, green yes. Which is, yeah. That's uh, something. Yeah. So okay, art production is going to cartographers. Okay. Uh, so replay value, I think, also goes to Castles of Burgundy. And there's yes. just, I think the scaling well, I think, is better in cartographers, but sure. the replay value, 10 expansions versus yeah. how many? And me- even like base game alone, minimum number of plays, plays for to full get the experience. experience. Yeah. yeah, because of all the different science tiles that may or may not come out in the center and the center tiles. Yeah, there is more, more going on, and just the way you do it, like the. They have all the different start maps that are either the same, or you can flip them over and have completely different maps. Yeah, and how you have to work with that. And the thing That's is, huge. I, what I like about Castle of Burgundy and doing this way back when it came out is mm-hmm. that with the map packs, 
everybody plays on the same map the first time you play through it, yep. uh, if it's their first play. And you can introduce new players and say, hey, this is the map you're going to play. Yep. And I I'll right play something center. different because I'm more experienced in it, making it more difficult for myself and still giving you advantage. That's not something you saw back in, what, 2013? 2011, I think. Yeah, 2011. Yep. Yeah. And so I thought that was a little smart uh, design. Absolutely. Theory. Absolutely. Um, which one's easier to play? Photographer is <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty obvious, I think. I mean, All right. So as of right now, we're two for two. Okay. So we're it comes down to game immersion. Holy cow. Which um, fits the category best or the theme matching the mechanism? I say Castles of Burgundy fits that criteria. Yes, because building buildings onto <laughs> a pre-existing terrain is different than creating a terrain i don't care that you say you're discovering it no you're choosing where that forest goes that is not discovering no i discovered it over here this person if that happened columbus would have found india a lot quicker like (laughs) i put india here like and it'll be actually india you know it's no no yeah (laughs) game magic that that's the one argument i will always make towards cartographers that makes no sense I like right. it. I just it wouldn't function otherwise. I know we're gonna get into no. an argument about this one. Okay. But I still think the player interaction goes to cartographers. I agree. <laughs> okay. I do. Hundred percent. It because again, multiplayer solitaire. I know what you're saying, yep. but most of the times when you play uh, Castles of Burgundy, it's you're looking at your board, you're doing your decision. Oh look, they took that tile. Right. Here's a plethora of other decisions I can make. It doesn't hurt me as much. Right. Um, as well as memorable moments. Memorable moments, I would call a wash. I would agree with you because I've had both. They are both essentially multiplayer solitaire. Mm-hmm. What you do does not affect anybody else. And because of that, there's no reason to egg people on. There's no reason to interact with them. There's no role playing with I, any of them. I do have to say, and this is just, again, going to me, that my best memorable moments out of both of these games mm-hmm. is... I'm playing with the couple that I've talked about before, mm-hmm. and her husband drew where the monster goes, and all you hear is, why the flip would you put that over here? Because it was like in the one, because uh, the scoring was that you have to build in a corner, and the, as yeah. much as you go this way, it's your points if it's filled in. Yeah. And so that's what she's been concentrating on the whole time, and the monster's up in the top corner way over here. And now she's got to go start working over there yeah. because it's going to be negative points at the end of the round. Yep. So that's the best memorable moment I had of all this. Right. But I've had really good ones with Castles of Burgundy, playing with you and finally beating you, and it was what? You were you were ecstatic when that finally when I finally <laughs> let you win. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'll give you a wash on that. So okay. Which that's, means that's going to go to tiebreaker. 2-2 <laughs> two, 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 uh, and 2 on there, so we have to go tiebreaker. I could not expect cartographers. If you told me at the beginning of this that cartographers was going to go up <laughs> go against, against Castles of Burgundy and, and be fight? a wash, yeah, I would not have believed it. All right, but so let's go ahead and refresh we're going to refresh. See. All right, so... Oh, my. By one vote difference. <laughs> Okay. Fair enough. What's funny is the reason why we left this poll open is because there wasn't enough votes. Cartographers and Castles of Burgundy, when we were going to close the poll, were tied at 6-6. Yep. Cartographers ends up winning it by one. One vote. One vote was the deciding factor. So, Cartographers is the best grid coverage game. And if you think about it, really... 
you're covering multiple spaces on a grid in cartographers. You're not doing that in, in Castles of Burgundy. Burgundy. You put down a single grid space. Space at a time, yeah. So I get it. At and that it makes very, sense. very defined. So, and just to let everybody know clearly, cartographers wasn't our number one vote getter. That was Isle of Cats. Isle uh, <laughs> of Cats. Yeah. So, uh, both of which we haven't played. Yeah. Yeah, but the fact that Castles of Burgundy and Cartographers, seven to six votes, that goes to show it. And who knows, like, we may check this tomorrow and, and it might Castles be different. Of Burgundy. Yeah. Would you be willing to go back and rescind that if that's the case? Or. No, it, it, it's locked down. It's done. Darn, I was going to go vote for <laughs> <laughs> No, our one rule is we can't vote for the polls. Right. And I think actually you and I both agree that we both like Castles of Burgundy better. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that's definitely a higher oh, yeah. up game than, than myself. Um, but I, I'm I have okay to look with at my that. I have to look at my top 100. I don't exactly remember where both fell. Yeah, I mean, I I know. I think both of them are top tens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And mine is definitely. I like Castle Burgundy. Oh, without yeah. a doubt better. But yeah, that congratulations to cartographer Thunderworks Games, uh, Keith at Thunderworks. You know, thank you for publishing it, and there's a reason it won the. Yeah, it was really it, really good. It won Kennerspiel, right? Or yes, it, it won. It won the the no. It was nominated. It was nominated. I I think it no. It did win it because when we congratulated him on it, he's like, "Oh, it does good for us in Europe." <laughs> right. Exactly. No, that I think it was still only nominated. Nominated. Though. Okay. Because didn't that wasn't that the year that um, the crew won? For was it the year the crew won? I think so. We'll have to go back and check this because now we're just we're conf- con- we're confused. No, yeah, right. I think that that's when the crew won the Kinderspiel. Yeah, that, that's what I believe so. But either way, good job to uh, cartographers um, taking our bias out of it. I probably could have pushed a little bit harder on Castle Burgundy, but I don't think it would have mattered. I don't think it would have mattered, no. So we want to thank uh, you guys for listening. Thank you for Illuminous for joining us on the chat. Thank you so much as always. And of course, anybody else who joins us on these live chats, this is always fun to hear your input and see what you think about this. So if you want to do that in a future episode... Tune into twitch.tv slash everyday board games and you can join us. And please subscribe to us uh, or follow us so that way you know when we come online. Typically, lately, we've been doing Wednesdays, but that may change. Yeah, uh, just because of our work schedules. Mm-hmm. As well as you can find all video re uploads found on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you are not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And also, if you want to say hi to us directly, or have an idea for a future episode, or want to give us comments directly, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as you can also get in contact with, with us on our official Twitter account at EBG Podcast. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our show today. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.